Welcome to this extended podcast, which provides a brief introduction to clinical audit and the audit process. This resource has been developed by the Clinical Audit Support Centre and should help healthcare staff gain a good understanding of the basic clinical audit process. For more information about the centre, visit www.clinicalauditsupport.com. For those of you who are not familiar with the term clinical audit, it essentially describes a quality improvement process that aims to ensure delivery of best practice and improve patient care across healthcare settings. Audit was formally introduced into the NHS in 1989 with the publication of the Working for Patients White Paper. Initially, audit was known as medical audit, as it was targeted specifically at doctors. But over the course of the 1990s, audit started to involve a wide range of healthcare professionals, and hence the name was altered to clinical audit to reflect its broader, multi-professional remit. Since 1989, clinical audit has gathered momentum across the UK, and now all healthcare professionals are expected to participate in audits that review and quality assure their work. Audit is viewed as an integral part of the wider clinical governance framework and all trusts are monitored via Standards for Better Health to ensure that clinicians take part in regular clinical audit activity. Some professional groups such as community pharmacists now have a contractual obligation to take part in annual audits and most professional bodies such as the General Medical Council and the Royal College of Nursing and Midwifery endorse the value of clinical audit and encourage their members to take part. There have been many definitions of clinical audit over the years and the current favourite appeared in the 2002 publication Principles for Best Practice in Clinical Audit. The following definition was endorsed by NICE and states that Clinical audit is a quality improvement process that seeks to improve patient care and outcomes through systematic review of care against explicit criteria and the implementation of change. Aspects of structure, processes and outcomes of care are selected and systematically evaluated against explicit criteria. Where indicated, changes are implemented at an individual, team or service level and further monitoring is used to confirm improvement in healthcare delivery. This definition is useful but very wordy. Perhaps a better way of defining clinical audit is to use the definition provided in the original 1989 white paper which stated that audit is about improving the quality of patient care by looking at current practice and modifying it where necessary. Historically there has been confusion over the difference between audit and research and we do not have time to examine this matter in depth now but in essence where research tells us what is best practice and what care and treatment patients should receive audit can be used to see if best practice is being carried out. You may have heard of such terms as the clinical audit cycle, the audit loop or the audit spiral. All are effectively the same and relate to the process involved in carrying out a systematic audit project. The following section of the podcast explains the audit cycle briefly using a simple eight-point process. The aim of the podcast is to familiarise you with the audit process and to help you develop a project relevant to your own needs. Stage one involves selecting an appropriate topic for audit. Obviously the first stage of any audit is to select a suitable topic. Ideally, your audit should look at an aspect of care or service delivery where a known problem exists. Alternatively, it would be acceptable to select a topic 
where you are uncertain of performance and where you suspect improvements can be made. By careful topic selection, you will be able to use your audit as a problem-solving tool. Stage 2 involves identifying best practice. The next step of the process involves finding out what constitutes best practice in relation to the topic that you are auditing. In recent years we have become familiar with NICE guidance and national service frameworks that inform us how patients should be managed most appropriately. Trials and research projects also inform best practice and through simple literature reviews it is usually possible to identify what represents best care. Stage 3 relates to stage 2 and involves agreeing criteria and standards. Criteria and standards are commonly misunderstood by healthcare professionals, but all audits should include them. Criteria and standards explicitly define best practice and state what is to be measured in the audit. In technical terms, criteria are written as individual statements of care that define best practice. A good example of a criterion used outside the NHS is one developed by the Royal Mail. They state, first-class letters should reach their destination within 24 hours. A standard is defined as the success level that you would expect to achieve. Standards are written as percentages and in terms of the Royal Mail example, the standard set is 93% of first-class letters should reach their destination within 24 hours. Criteria and standards should be based on evidence where possible, but can also be agreed by consensus. Examples of criterion used in healthcare would be Entries into patient records will be written in black ink or Patients with diabetes will be recorded on a GP practice diabetes register. The next stage involves collection of data. Once best practice has been agreed and criteria and standards written, data needs to be collected. Data collection involves the retrieval of information to determine whether the criteria and standards have been met. Data needs to be accurate and representative and most data can be collected using simple data collection sheets. In some cases healthcare professionals may be able to save time by collecting audit data directly from their computer systems. Those involved in audit should keep the data collected to a minimum and all team members can be involved in the data collection process. In some cases, a pre-designed data collection form can be developed for patients who complete the information and effectively collect data for the audit. Stage 5 involves analysis of data. Data analysis involves interpretation of data that has been retrieved. The main purpose of the data analysis stage is to determine if the standard has been met and to identify areas where improvements could be made. Many healthcare professionals wrongly assume that you need to be a statistical wizard in order to carry out audit data analysis. This is certainly not the case and in most instances simple number counts will be sufficient. Of course healthcare staff who have good IT skills may want to use spreadsheets and databases to analyse their data but audit work can be successfully carried out using a simple tally chart and a calculator. Stage 6 involves implementing necessary changes. Once you have analysed audit data, you will have identified where standards have not been met and where improvements need to be implemented. Therefore, the next step is to implement changes that will improve results. The key to this is to discuss the initial results with team members and encourage ideas for change from all staff. If staff aren't consulted in the change process, they are less likely to endorse new systems. 
Once changes have been agreed, it is advisable that one person takes the lead in making sure changes are implemented. Audits typically lead to a range of changes, including training and education of staff, implementation of better systems, introduction of checking mechanisms, improved documentation, new procedures and protocols, strategy development, etc. However, the changes you implement will depend on the findings of your audit, and often the simplest changes lead to big improvements. The next stage involves conducting a re-audit. Research has shown that the re-audit stage is often not undertaken. Re-audit involves a second data collection to find out if changes have led to an improvement. The re-audit must replicate the first data collection phase and will obviously take place after changes have been implemented. In terms of how long to leave between making changes and re-audit, this is open to discussion. A minimum of one month is advisable for simple audit, with perhaps three to six months if more complex changes have been implemented. Stage 8 is the final stage of your audit project and involves writing an audit report and sharing your learning. It is good practice to write a short report detailing the main features and outcomes of your audit. The report should be shared with all staff involved in the audit so that they are aware of the findings of the project. It is also good practice to share your audit report with members of your peer group so that they can learn from the work that you have carried out. We would encourage you to share your work with others so that they can learn from the techniques that you have employed, but make sure that others acknowledge you if they borrow your ideas and methodologies. There are numerous hints and tips that the Clinical Audit Support Centre could provide to help you with your audit project. In terms of five brief suggestions we would advise. Number one, keep your audit project concise. Audits commonly fail because healthcare professionals try and look at too much information. A clinical audit project is a snapshot of current practice and workload should be kept to a minimum. Number two, always pilot your audit project to make sure that the employed methodology is appropriate. Number three, get the team involved from the start. Audit in isolation is much less likely to lead to a successful audit project. Audit should be owned by the team and seen as a beneficial activity. Number four, find out what audit support is available to you from the outset. You may have access to a local audit team that can provide advice and support, or someone may have a template available for the exact audit that you want to carry out. It is worth doing a little bit of work and researching the internet to see what help is available prior to launching into your audit project. Finally, number five, utilize clinical audit to help you. Audit should not be about ticking boxes and meeting other people's agendas. A good audit will improve patient care and empower you and your team. This broadcast was recorded on the 27th of July 2007 and is copyright of the Clinical Audit Support Centre. Reproduction of this download is prohibited. Rebroadcast of this work is forbidden without the express written consent of the CASC team.